0: Ladies and gentlemen and gentlemen who used to be ladies and ladies who used to be gentlemen and people who prefer not to identify as either ladies or gentlemen or Or any other gender I haven't heard of yet. Welcome! Welcome! You've come to the right place. This place is more morgulons and I'm your host, Crystal Clear. While the World Health Organization, who... The World Health Organization, go to Wuhan and pretend to investigate the origins of the COVID-19 virus. I am here in Atlanta, Georgia, also pretending to investigate the origins of the COVID-19 virus. Who will come up with answers first? Crystal clear? The CDC or Crooked Doctors Coalition? The who? Nobody knows who. We just know that there's something a little fishy going on with this pandemic and the wet market it supposedly came from. Uh, yeah, I want to talk today about BGI Group. Really delve in there to what the world's largest and most powerful Uh, and prolific genome sequencing company has been up to lately in where? China, of course. Of course. Uh, Stay tuned. It's going to be a great episode, guys. Thanks for being here. Always appreciate it. So ever since I got Morgulons, and for just the sake of simplicity, let's just say that for sure, without any fucking doubt, I got Morgulons this last summer, 2020, and um, the weird thing about Morgulons is that the symptoms change over time, and the uh, suspected organisms that appear in your environment, those also change over time, um... And if you're saying to yourself, well, that's because we're not a real disease. Well, tell that to the COVID long haulers. That's another group of people who kind of have this like mysterious ongoing condition that no one really understands. And and many of them have reported that their symptoms have uh, changed over time as well. And, you know, when you think about a parasitic disease, you know, just about every parasite that we've talked about on this show and a lot that we haven't talked about, you know, they have life cycles. They look like very different things in one life cycle versus the next life cycle. Some of them have numerous, you know, three, four, uh, maybe more life cycles. And so, you know, maybe the symptoms change because of the life cycle of the organism. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Maybe it changes because of the way that it's interacting with your immune system. I don't know. All of these things are sort of... uh, the place to start investigating why things behave the way they do is really and truly like at the molecular level and also at the genetics level. Like The closest viral relative, you could say genetically speaking, that has been found so far belongs uh, was found in bats in China, but not in Wuhan, no. About a thousand miles, like I think they said southwest or something of Wuhan, so how exactly did the people in Wuhan get the virus that apparently bats a thousand miles away had, well, they didn't even have the coronavirus. They had something that's the closest, like we said, known relative genetically, but it's not the coronavirus, you know, and the only way you tell the difference between one and another is through DNA sequencing, right? So, I'm sure you guys have probably heard if you've been listening or watching or following this investigation in Wuhan at all. That it just so happens that the only level, like four, I think they call it, uh, laboratory, a virology laboratory that exists in China. Just so happens to be down the street from this Wuhan wet market. Uh, coincidence? Of course. Of course it's a coincidence. <laughs> no no correlation whatsoever. Right. Okay. All righty. Um, yeah. So let's 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 just start here, guys. BGI Group. Okay. Sit sit back. Relax. We're about to unravel the mysteries of the coming apocalypse. <laughs> just kidding. Kind of. Alright, BGI, currently known as the BGI Group, formerly known as the Beijing Genomics Institute, is a Chinese genome sequencing company headquartered in Shenzhen, Guangdong, China. Sorry about that pronunciation, people. Um, it was formed in 1999, and to be exact, it doesn't say this in the wiki, which is what I'm sharing. Uh, it was formed on 9999. September 9th, 1999. Just, just wanted to put that out there. It's not, I mean, you know, just saying. It's kind of weird. Nothing, nothing significant, but I just thought that was interesting. Uh, it was formed in 1999 to participate in the Human Genome Project as a genetics research center. It also sequences genomes of other animals, plants, and microorganisms. BGI Group announced at the AGBT conference in February 2020, February 2020, that it will make genome sequencing cheaper, breaking the $100 barrier for the first time, meaning that they can sequence your genome for less than 100 bucks. It wasn't that long ago that these were thousands of dollars, uh, these, these sorts of uh, laboratory services. So it's a pretty big accomplishment. Looks like they've had a lot of practice. Uh, the Shenzhen Company says the low cost will be possible with an extreme, quote, DNA sequencing system, it plans to offer that is capable of decoding the genomes of 100,000 people a year. Wow. Wow, that's a lot of genomes. That's a lot of data on a lot of people. The company has morphed from a research institute that decoded the DNA of pandas and rice plants into a company active in animal cloning, health testing, and contract research. Okay. When they say contract research guys, that that basically means like there's big pharma, right? I used to work for a company that did contract research and contract research is basically just like what I used to do at my last job where I worked at a site that conducted clinical drug trials in humans, um, for the drug companies. Contract research is basically when big pharma says, Hey, here's a million dollars. We need a drug that cures the side effect of the last drug we made. Uh, so anyway, um, History. Wang Jin Yu Jun, oh God, you guys, I can't do this. Yang Henabla. They created it in September 1999, like I said, 9999, in Beijing, China, as a non governmental independent research institute in order to participate in the Human Genome Project as China's representative. So it seems like they started out with some pretty, um, you know, noble intentions. You know, they're like, hey, we want to contribute, we want our country to be represented. In this historic groundbreaking groundbreaking project to sequence the human genome. Y'all, that wasn't that long ago. Okay? I had already dropped out of high school in 1999. I was on my way to the successful life that I now live. Um... Yeah, so pretty recently. So after the project was completed, that's the Human Genome Project, funding dried up for BGI, right? The company. After which BGI moved to Hangzhou in exchange for funding from the Hangzhou Municipal Government. Bam, right there. All right, we went from a bunch of nerds in white coats being noble trying to just you know represent china while we're doing this groundbreaking scientific work sequencing the human genome to hey we ran out of money and so we moved to a smaller town and when we were in that town we asked the government a local city government hey can you invest in us and they said oh yes yes we invest but you must do SARS 2.0 in 2002, BGI sequenced the rice genome, which was a cover story in the journal Science. Hey, we're making we're making front page news, y'all! Uh, in 2003, a year later, a year later, BGI decoded the SARS virus genome and created a kit for detection of the virus. So that was back in 2003, y'all. Remember. If you're an American, that whole SARS thing in China and other places in Asia was like, hmm, interesting news story. Oh, they're all wearing masks. How weird! My, okay, it looks like it passed. I mean, that was like that was about the extent impact and awareness, if even. Um, but that's pretty amazing when you think about it. The company started in '99. Uh, genetic research and genome sequencing is pretty damn new, in general. But here they are in 2003. They they created the first kit to test for a coronavirus. And that's, by the way, exactly what they did with this other coronavirus, SARS CoV 2. SARS CoV 1 is that one back in 2003, y'all. Okay. So that was BGI that, that decoded the SARS virus genome, SARS CoV 1. Okay. Uh, in 2003, BGI hangs out in the Xinjiang University. Sorry, just, I, yeah, just. The, the It's going to be bad. Uh, founded a new research institute, the James D. Watson Institute of Genome Sciences at Xinjiang University. The Watson Institute was intended to become a major center for research and education in East Asia, modeled after the Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory in the U.S., which is a private non institution with research programs in the United States. Okay? So... Uh, They do a lot of cancer stuff, whatever. So then, in 2007, so we'll skip forward about a presidential term here, uh, and BGI's headquarters relocated to Shenzhen as, quote, the first citizen-managed nonprofit research institution in China. So basically, they're saying it's citizen-managed, not government-managed. This is a relatively, you know, new thing over there. 2007, y'all remember 2007? That's the year that YouTube came online. That's the year that the iPhone came out. 2007 is like a hard line dividing the pre-internet people and the post-internet people. Because that's the smartphone world after 2007. And y'all know how much has changed in the last 14 years. It's, It's a whole different world in many ways, especially now. But, um... It's not all good, it's not all bad, okay? But it's different. <laughs> um, so they relocated to Shenzhen. They're the first citizen-managed place, blah, blah, blah. Yu Jun, one of those original uh, dorks that started this place, left BGI at this time purportedly selling his stake to the other three founders for a nominal sum. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Four nerds in China started this place up with lofty ambitions and noble intentions, and one of them just said, hey, you know, I know this company is probably worth a ton of money. I mean, they're about eight years old then. You know, genomics is only growing as an industry, but for whatever reason, he sells his stake for a nominal price, meaning like a dollar or something, or, you know, a, a, he, he didn't sell it for what it was worth. Uh, he just wanted to get out, which is interesting, Uh, So, there's the guy with ethics right there, uh, Mr. Yu Jun. Uh, So, in 2008, BGI Shenzhen was officially recognized as a nonprofit organization by the Shenzhen government. In 2008, BGI published the first human genome of an Asian individual. Okay, so we sequenced the first human genome in 1999, I believe they're saying. Or, I think it was 97, actually, but maybe China got into the game late. But, they didn't sequence... Uh, the a human genome of an Asian person until 2008. Now, I don't really know what that means, y'all, because I thought that race was just a really a social construct. I mean, I don't think that our DNA is really that different. I mean, don't we probably share like probably, shit, I don't know, 99% of it or something? I don't know. Well, maybe we'll learn that. In 2010, BGI Shenzhen was certified as meeting the requirements of ISO 9001 2008 standard for the design and provision of high throughput sequencing services. The same year, BGI bought 128 Illumina high sequence 2000 gene sequencing machines, which was backed by US $1.5 billion in collaborative funds over the next 10 years from the China Development Bank. What? Y'all. These mofos set up shop in the big city, 2010, that's 11 years ago. They wanted 128 Illumina High Sequence 2000 gene sequencing machines. These are probably like the most advanced gene sequencing machines on the market. This equipment is so expensive that apparently it costs $1.5 billion. That's just uh, the U.S.'s share that gave to it. Don't even ask me why. Obama, what were you thinking? Um, that was not a good choice at all. Uh, yeah, but, so that was just what the U.S. put into these 128 pieces of equipment that are used to gene sequence. Okay, uh, by the end of the year, they reportedly had a budget of $30 I guess that guy that sold it for his share for a nominal price was either kicking himself or... All the more glad that he got out of that shit before it got that deep. So, by the end of the year, yeah, 30 million. So, in 2010, this is the same year, BGI Americas was established with its main office in Cambridge, Massachusetts, by Harvard University. (laughs) And BGI Europe was established in Copenhagen, Denmark. By 2018, this is eight years later, okay? They were expanded with offices and laboratories in Seattle and San Jose, so Washington, California, in USA, and London in the U.K., as well as founded BGI Asia Pacific with offices in Hong Kong, Kobe, Japan, Bangkok, Thailand, Laos, Singapore, Brisbane, Australia, and many others. What are the many others? That's a interesting distribution of offices, isn't it? Hmm. In 2011, we're jumping back in time. That was 2018. They had all those offices, y'all. In 2011, they reported that they had a revenue of uh, $192 million. They did the genome sequencing for the deadly 2011 German E. coli 0104H4 outbreak in three days and released it under an open license. An open license meaning other people can use it in uh, since 2012 it has started to commercialize its services having investments from so, these are the companies that invested in them. Jack Ma's, Yunfeng Capital, Goldstone Invest, CITICS, Goldstone Investment, China Life Insurance Group, SoftBank, China Capital. Lots of venture capitalists, needless to say. That year, they also launched their own scientific journal, GigaScience, Giggity, partnering with Biomed Central to publish data-heavy life science papers. In 2013, BGI reported it had relationships with 17 out of the top 20 global pharmaceutical companies. That's big money, y'all. And advertised that it provided commercial science, health, agricultural, and informatic services. All right, let's keep going. This is very interesting. They provided all of those services to global pharmaceutical companies. That year, it bought Complete Genomics of Mountain View, California, home of Google. I believe, maybe. (laughs) Um, Google that. Uh, A major supplier of DNA sequencing technology. For U.S. 118 million, a mere cool 118 million. They bought it essentially with the 1.5 billion dollars we gave them. Weird. Uh, that year, it bought uh, that company, Complete Genomics in Mountain View, California. In the same year, it was roughly valued at 820 million. This is 2013. Remember what they were valued at in 2011? It was less than 200 million. Now they've gone up. How many percentage points is that? I don't know. I have an English degree and a nursing degree, y'all. You can get your calculator out and do that, but that's a lot more money. Less than 200 to 820 million in 2 years, okay? 2015. This is a critical year, and I don't know why yet, but I know that 2015 is a it is a year that sometime it will all make sense, but 2015 was a special year where things started getting really in motion. They signed a collaboration with the Zhongshan Hospital Center for Clinical Precision Medicine in Shanghai, opened in May 2015 with a budget of 100 million yen. They are reportedly being involved as a sequencing institution in China's, in China's U.S. 9.2 billion research project for medical care, which will last for 15 years. This shit is still ongoing. If it started in 2015, it lasts for 15 years. But we still got nine more years of it. In May, twenty seventeen, was announced formation of West Coast Innovation Center, co-located in Seattle and San Jose. On the first location, planned to work on precision medicine and feature collaborations with University of Washington, the Allen Institute for Brain Science, the Bill and Melinda the Bill and Melinda Goats Foundation. It's a little lesser known uh, foundation, but still does great work, uh, and Washington State. University, while on the second's already existing laboratory with hundred employees to develop the next generation sequencing technologies. in May 2018, it reached an, ing- an agreement with Mount Sinai Hospital, Toronto, a eh? Canada, for first installation of BGIS EQ as in sequence platforms in North America. y'all they're, they're trading they're patenting software, they're, they've got their own machines, they they're taking over this industry, doing very well. Uh, and remember, they're funded by the Chinese government, at least in part. Okay, the BGI Group subsidiary, BGI Genomics, had made initial public offering in July 2017 at Shenzhen Stock Exchange, raising 547 million yuan, which is equal to 80.7 million. The company's first day valuation set at over 1.15 billion billion. In 2018, the BGI. Uh, was reportedly 85% owned by Wang Jin, and the group owns 42.4% of its main unit, BGI Genomics. The reported market value for BGI Genomics in July 2018 was around $5 billion, as is of another subsidiary, MGI Tech, specialized in developing and manufacturing technology, uh, which IPO of a stake of about 20% for $1 billion is scheduled for 2019 in Hong Kong. This is, needs to be updated, uh, this, this thing. Key achievements. First to de novo sequence. De novo synthesis refers to the synthesis of complex molecules from simple molecules such as sugars or amino acids as opposed to recycling after partial degradation. So does this make sense to you guys at all? Um, a little bit. So they were the first ones to basically synthesize out of smaller more simple particles more complex molecules and to assemble mammalian and human genomes with short read sequencing so called quote next generation sequencing sequenced the first ancient human's genome from the roughly 4000 year old permafrost preserved hair of an extinct paleo eskimo that's interesting Sequence the first diploid genome of an Asian individual as part of the Yan Huang Project. Uh, initiated building a sequence map of the human pan-genome. Y'all, that's like every damn like type of gene that any human in the entire human race has. That's what the pan-genome is. All the genomes of every strain in a quote clade which is like one of those groups in the taxonomy of living things right that's a lot of genome sequencing that's a pretty remarkable uh, accomplishment um So, they're just doing that over there. Initiated building a sequence map, okay, of the human pangenome. The BGI's uh, first project was contributing 1% of the Human Genome Project's reference genome and was the only institute in the developing world to contribute. Let's skip ahead. I want to talk about, like, in general, the shit they've been up to since 1999. First thing they did, 99, provided 1% of the workload to the Human Genome Project, the only developing country to do any work for the the, uh, Human Genome Project. Pretty impressive. Uh, They launched another thing in 2002, the International HapMap Project, uh, which was completed in 2009. That one, they they upped their game, y'all. They did 1% in their first project. They did 10% of the workload. I think a hap map is like your haploid uh, group. It's like the group of one parent. Uh, your gene, You know, you get your genes from one parent and then the other parent. So I want to say that's the maternal uh, hap map is your mom's genes and stuff. So the matrilineal line. Uh, but I don't know about that. You got to Google that, y'all. Um, Yan Hang Project started in 2007 and named after two emperors believed to have founded China's dominant ethnic group. BGI planned in this project to sequence at least 100 Chinese individuals to produce a high-resolution map of Chinese genetic polymorphisms. The first genome data was published in October 2007. An anonymous Chinese billionaire donated $10 million RMB, about U.S. $1.4 million, to the project, and his genome was sequenced at the beginning of the project. Well, let's stop right there, y'all. You had some anonymous private billionaire... Who's like, yeah, we're going to identify, first of all, genome sequence me. Y'all, I'm a perfect specimen. Look at all the money I got. And then they said, oh, by the way, let's find the real Chinese people. And that's what that means. The dominant Chinese ethnic group. The people they believe founded their nation, their community, their culture. They're like, let's, let's determine what those genes look like. The real Chinese. Dun, dun, dun. Always get scared when people are trying to decipher who's the real person and who's subhuman. Because that's never ended well in human history. It has never ended well. Uh, They also did the 1000 Genomes Project, an international project to establish a detailed catalog of human genetic variation. Launched in 2008 and declared complete in 2015. Yeah, that's probably when they started working on that biological weapon that only attacks white people not really it attacks like all it's actually attacked a lot of black people here in the united states and it's it's it is quite frankly a little bit shocking though that nobody's like questioning the fact more that china's saying like yeah we've got like five thousand dead here we are in america we're like yeah i think we're like at about a half a million i mean we're approaching that we'll probably be at that like by you know the end of the month who the fuck knows march britain y'all are getting slammed i mean what's up with that what's up with that this company that is, you know, part and parcel, really and truly, of the Chinese Communist government, I don't care what the fuck they say, they've been spending the last 20-something years building a database of everybody's genetic code based upon ethnic groups and shit. Y'all don't find that a little bit, I don't know, uh, like, scary? concerning uh especially in the context of like this pandemic that's raging around the world with this incredibly uneven distribution of mortality and morbidity morbidity meaning sickness and death mortality and morbidity that would actually be death and sickness but y'all get what i'm saying they also did a 1,000 Rare Disease Project, an international project projected jointly project jointly initiated with Children's Hospital of Philadelphia in 2011. There, with it were discovered genes and mutations associated with rare diseases, which was reported in more than 20 scientific publications. They also co-developed a clinical whole exome diagnostic test offered through CHOP, that's Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, uh, pathology since 2012. They again collaborated in 2017 when uh, CHOP's Children's Brain Tumor Tissue Consortium was joined by BGI's China National Gene Bank. They did the Cognitive Genomics Project. Uh, they were trying to find out the genetic basis of intelligence. I'm going to start going a little faster. They did Animals and Plants, the 1000 Plant Genome Project. It was an international project launched in 2008 and declared complete in, once again 2015. It will contribute $100 million to large-scale sequencing projects of plants and animals. In 2018, it was announced that the 1,000 project, 1KP, was being succeeded by the 10KP project to sequence 10,000 plant species to a high chromosome-level quality. Y'all, they're getting the blueprints for the entire creation. Three Extreme Environment Animal Genomes Project. In 2009, they announced the launch of three genome projects that focus on animals living in extreme environments. The three selected genomes are those of two polar animals, one anti-altiplano animal, and uh, so they did like a polar bear, emperor penguin, Tibetan antelope, uh, and they have published all of those. So... International Big Cats Genome Project. This is just the fluff. They did all the China Tiger, the Asiatic Lion, the African Lion, the Clouded Lever, the Snow Lever. Okay, Siegfried and Roy love it, but that's not really, I think, what this company is about. Listen to what else they did. They did the Symbiont Genome Project, a jointly funded project announced in March 2010. BGI announced it would collaborate with Sydney K. Pierce of University of South Florida. What? Where? Who? And Charles Delwich of the University of Maryland at College Park. What, where, who? To sequence the genomes of the sea slug Elysia chlorotica. What? And its algal food, Vacheria litoria. Why? What? Who? Where? What? why would they do that? Well, I'll tell you why. The sea slug uses genes from the algae, that's the vocheria litoria. The sea slug is the chlorotica one. The sea slug uses the genes from the algae to synthesize chlorophyll, the first interspecies of gene transfer discovered. Sequencing their genomes could elucidate the mechanism of that transfer. Right. Okay. The work was eventually completed, presenting the genome assembly with a total length of 557 MB, whatever that means. Y'all, why are they looking into how to transfer genes from one organism to another organism? Why is it that it seems like my skin is producing gold and, or silver and blue foil and shit? I know that there's melanin doesn't make anything silver, y'all. Pretty sure about that. I know the Charles E. Holman Foundation likes to say, yeah, the blue strings, that comes from melanin. Well, that could be true. But what about the uh, metallic multicolored foil pieces? Can it produce that? I don't think it can. Institute, uh, initiated with the Smithsonian Institute and other partners in 2018 to sequence DNA of the one- Point five million known eukaryotic species on the planet. Y'all, we are eukaryotic species. There's prokaryotes and eukaryotes, and we have eukaryotic cells. I also did ten thousand microbial genomes project. It was started in 2009 with the mission to sequence 10,000 microbes within three years. It includes sequencing industrial, agricultural, medical microorganism, and many others. It is done in collaboration with many institutes, universities, and enterprises, including Biotechnology Research Institute of the Chinese Academy of Agricultural Sciences and the Tangine Institute of Industrial Biotechnology. Industrial Biotechnology. Just, mm mm-hmm. Okay. So, criticism and controversies. Allegations of genetic surveillance in Xinjiang. In 2019, it was reported that a BGI subsidiary, Forensic Genomics International, had created a WeChat enabled database of genetic profiles of people across the country. Great. In July 2020, not too long ago, it was reported that BGI returned a paycheck protection program loan following media scrutiny. Oh, they're taking our money. Great. The same month, the United States Department of Commerce's Bureau of Industry and Security placed two BGI subsidiaries on its entity list for assisting in alleged human rights abuses due to its genetic analysis work in Xinjiang. Yeah, that's... How do you think they're finding all those Uyghurs and shit, putting them in concentration camps? Yeah, it's probably that fucking database, y'all. Genetic database. Uh, And uh, BGI responded, stating that they do not condone and would never be involved in any human rights abuses. Never. And stating that they were puzzled by the decision as the subsidiary mentioned was established in November 2016 and has not carried out actual business. Okay, that just, I don't even get that. Allegations of faulty COVID-19 testing kits. In August 2020, Reuters reported that about 3,700 people in Sweden were told in error that they had the coronavirus due to a fault in a COVID-19 testing kit from BGI Genomics. Despite being the fifth test to given WHO emergency use listing and getting top marks in sensitivity tests in a Dutch study independently validating commercially available tests, BGI Genomics defended the product blaming differences in thresholds used between labs looking at very low levels of the virus. Y'all, do you trust them? With all this data, I sure as fuck don't. Collaboration with the Chinese military. In January 2021, Reuters reported that BGI has worked with the People's Liberation Army and affiliated institutions such as the National University of Defense Technology on efforts to enhance soldier strength and other projects. Other projects like what? COVID-19? Hmm. Stay tuned.